Good evening, Sports Zonians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aguilera, joined by Dave Hastings and Eric Tressler here right off the bat. And we thank you for joining us for this is Sports Zone. Recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. And, of course, we are rebroadcast and redistributed through all our various podcasting outlets. So we thank you for joining us, whether it's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. Once again, we thank you for joining us no matter how we jo- you're joining us. And we got we'll a lot start to Zoom calling this a little bit, too, because I think Bobby puts it up video-wise, too. So maybe we can get him to throw it up video-wise if we put our shining faces on each one. Oh, I'm not doing video tonight. You cut me off during the intro. I was almost done. What are you doing? Wait a minute. Eric, how you doing tonight? That's okay. Happy two-year anniversary to Eric Tressler here tonight. How you doing, buddy? All the love and praise should go to my beautiful wife for allowing me to be here tonight with you, gentlemen. The lovely Janice. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, so all, all, all love and praise goes to her. Mm-hmm. Um, she would like us to talk, like I said, Real Housewives of New Jersey. She would like <laughs> us to talk Tiger Woods' injury, possibly ESPN signing the uh, signing a contract with the NHL. Um, those were the topics of Jan Jan's choosing. I don't, Jan Jan. Okay. The, uh, I don't know if any of those are on I, the actual docket to talk about tonight, but I, that's what Janice had said she approved for me to come on and talk about. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Um, and that laugh you hear is Dave Hastings. Dave, how you doing? I mean, can you start a show off better than that? Yeah. Happy, Eric, happy anniversary, my friend. I can't believe you found a woman willing to put up with you for two straight years already. And I mean to let me do this. I'm just in the room. Anniversary too. I just, I, I just left. I just, we just left dinner. I dropped her off. I'm gonna go get her coffee while I'm out. But uh, yeah. So uh, but yeah. So it's uh, I got a special one. I got, I got to so, keep her for short. So that's how you're able to do this. You're getting a coffee for her. I see how it is. All right, that's fair. That's fair. That's a good husband right there. I agree with that. All right, let's start off. Yes, yes, I'm sure you do. All right, let's start off tonight. I actually watched a little college basketball this weekend. And by a little bit, I mean, I was watching it on Sunday. I tried to watch it on Friday, but unfortunately, I was up at 4 in the morning for no apparent reason. I watched the Justice League, and I fell asleep right in the middle of the second college basketball game. So I'm sorry about that. But I'm sure you guys were watching a bunch of college basketball this weekend, and there were some upsets here. I believe we have... Five upsets in the first round, which I believe an upset in NCAA tournament terms is any team ranked five or lower seeds beating a team five or more seeds ranked. I believe we had five of those this weekend. And the biggest one was, of course, the number two seed. Uh, what was it? He, uh, no, that's not it. Oral well, Roberts, the fifth. Yeah, I got it right. There we go. All right. 15 seed Oral Roberts beating the number two seed Ohio State. We had what I saw. There was some really good games this week. And I was watching Sunday when in the round of six, uh, the round of 32, you had uh, Loyola beating Illinois. 
with that big burly kid just bl just running up and down doing everything. He seemed really good. Um, but I want you guys' takes here because I'm sure you guys can go a little more de in depth than I did. Let's start off with Mr. Anniversary right here. Eric, what'd you think of the college basketball this weekend? Good. I mean, I was I was slightly disappointed in the way Rutgers lost the other day. I was hoping they were going to continue their run. They won the first round game, and then uh, the second round there, they they had a close one and almost had the upset over Houston. Uh, Houston ended up coming on late and, and winning. I mean, with uh, we I think like a couple seconds left. It, it was a hell of a game. But uh, like I told you guys before the tournament started, I was kind of trying to root for them a little bit, pulling for them just because they were the you know the hometown team. But um, yeah, that that's. Uh, that and the upsets, like I said, are, are all crazy and fun. But uh, something I'm going to kind of hold on to here. I think it was a hard year to seed these teams. And I say that because of the way COVID hit, because so many teams played like an odd number of games. Not, a lot, not every team played the same number of games or the same schedules that they would normally play. And I think because of that, it was just hard to seed some of these teams. And I, I think you're seeing that in some of the upsets we're having. But that being said, it is March Madness, and this is craziness, and this is what we're all here to love. And, uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite times of year for sure. Well, I mean, that's definitely a fair point when you see some of the upsets that have happened here, especially in the round of 16. Um, I'll, I'll say a little more later. But, Dave, let's get your opinion. What did you see this weekend? What did you like? I mean, the, the, the first thing that I, I am blown away by right now is the fact that Eric didn't recognize his, his role tied. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, you forgot about that. Too. I got to be honest, they, they are playing unbelievable basketball. But I have told Mike in the past, I am not the biggest Alabama basketball fan. I am an Alabama football fan, but when it comes to basketball, I can't say that I've always rolled with the tide. So, so who's your – who, out, out of curiosity, I'm sorry to cut you off. Who's your college basketball team then? See, that's the thing is growing up around here, I really didn't have one for a long time. Right. I grew up – and I mean, Seton Hall is the closest one around here. So, I mean, as a kid, they were never in it. So, I never got to watch them in the tournaments. So come tournament time, I always just followed the big teams. I followed mm. what I called the big threes. I followed – North Carolina, I followed Kentucky, and I followed Kansas. And I figured one of those three teams is probably going to be pretty good. And, you know, that's kind of the way I rolled for a while. It kept me interested in a lot of the different conferences, too, because they're they each playing different conferences. And that's kind of the way I rolled. But Seton Hall's gotten better in recent years and, you know, have kind of come back to a little bit of glory where they were, you know. Because, I mean, I remember when I was really young, you know, and in what, 89, 90, when, when Seton Hall was actually a really good basketball team. I mean, that's kind of first couple of years I was learning basketball myself. So, I mean, you know, mm. it, it's fun to see those teams. That's why I said I was rooting for Rutgers this year. It's fun to see those teams, you know, those local teams get in it. Um, but to me, I'm loving some of these upset teams, too, like in Oral Roberts. I'm loving Loyola of, of Merrimount or whatever they are, Frat of Chicago. I think it's Chicago, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're they're a fun watch. I mean, this is this is just a fun time of year when you can just watch craziness. It's one and done. Anything can happen, and uh, it's fun. Um, there are, I think, there are very very few perfect brackets left. I believe even two out there. I maybe somebody knows the exact number, but I think it might be under. I think the last I heard 200. was seventeen. Yeah, so see, it's even under 100 now. I saw like 105. I saw another one say something else. Well, like, yeah, so it could be down that low even now. Right. 
I cut out a minute there. Um, Dave, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I mean, look, Alabama doing what they've done, I think is impressive. I mean, the upsets have been fun. Um, honestly, I think you, you're going to, you could end up seeing a, a national championship that, you know, if you went back six months ago and somebody told you these, those two teams were playing the national championship, I think you, they'd call you fucking insane for life. Mm. There's no, there literally is no better way to say it. Um, but no, I mean, there's been some buzzard beaters. There's been, I mean, I'm trying to think like what specifically really kind of stuck out to me. Um, honestly, Alabama's the team that's caught my eye. I, I don't, Eric, I don't know if it's the outside <laughs> influence of your, you know, roll tideness for, you know, their football team or what, but they've played good basketball. They've been consistent. And you know what to expect from them when they get on the court. Um, you know, I, I think the other team that's kind of caught my eye is Syracuse. I, I mean, I was just I about know. to say that too. And mainly because of buddy Boheim, uh, mainly because of him that I've, I, I didn't even know his son was playing and playing for Syracuse. Yeah. And I had no idea. Playing well too. He's actually playing really well. So, I mean, all of that's been really interesting to see and, and fun to watch and fun for, I'm sure, Bo, uh, Boheim too. Uh, I mean, can you imagine not only being able to coach your son in college, but actually like have him be good enough that he deserves the playing time that you're giving him. I mean, that, that's that got to be amazing. But, like, just Syracuse in general, that team, like, they're just so consistent. That zone defense they run is a pain in the ass for every team that plays them. If you can't hit outside shots, you're not going to be able to beat them. And, and you know, it's the, I mean, them at a, uh, I think, what, they're an 11 seed, I believe. And, like, yes. Eric, like you said, yeah. like, I think, you know, if they played a full year along with other every other team they probably wouldn't have ended up in 11 i'm not saying they would have been a one seed but they probably wouldn't have ended up in 11 seed they might have probably pulled like a seven or an eight like and that still makes a difference in this tournament so yeah i uh all in all i think it's it, it like eric said this is arguably the best you know, three, four week stretch of basketball, no matter what level you watch, even it's even better than the NBA playoffs, in my opinion, at least entertainment wise. Maybe not when it comes down to the guys on the court and their talent level, but the entertainment, the passion, you know, these kids cry when these kids cry when a game is won or lost, like a lot of people lose the idea of fact of like if it's a loss out of these, you know, 13, 15 kids on that roster, maybe one has a chance to make the pros. And on most schools, not not a single one has a chance to make the NBA. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when these kids cry, they, some of them are realizing, hey, this is the last time I'm going to play truly competitive basketball. And it just you can't you can't match the energy and atmosphere of what what March Madness is. No, of course, yeah. this is where you when you were this is uh, honestly, you can think back. I think it was, what, 2008 when you watched Steph Curry just go crazy. And, I mean, that's where Steph Curry became a household name. That's where he became a top-10 draft pick. Nobody knew him at Davidson before the NCAA tournament. It was I never heard of him. in the NCAA tournament that got him his draft status. And there are guys that that's happening for right now. I believe – I'm not sure if he's a point guard or – uh, one of the players, Oral Roberts, is having one of those seasons where, or one of those tournaments where he is jumping up people's draft boards because of the way he's playing in this tournament. This can make or break, make or break 
some players, and especially when you don't play for a big school that gets a lot of national attention. Now all of a sudden you're on national TV for four or five games in a row. If you're on a good run, you can get you can get recognized in a way you never were able to get recognized before. And it, it matters, and it matters big time. So with, I, it's huge. And, again, not all these guys are going to go to the pros. I 100% agree that this isn't the most talent you're ever going to see, but this is the most heart you're going to see. This is the most, like, energetic you're going to see where people care. I mean, they were even showing there was just one school the other day where it was pretty much like one guy on the bench who was just like a one-man, like, bench crew. Like, who's just cheering the whole team on by him. Oh, he was running up and down the sidelines. He was running in the tunnel, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw that. But it was fun. Like, that's the famous stuff you see. And, you you, you know, it's it's more entertaining to me, and I I agree with Dave when he says that, than even the NBA playoffs in in some state, you know, circumstances, because this is one and done. This is – you see these guys crying like they pointed out that they're crying for a reason because most of them aren't going to the pros and the ones that are, you know, some of them may never get a chance to play for a title again. You know, they may go to the pros and end up on the Sacramento Kings and never get a chance to play for anything. You know what I mean? Like this, this could be it. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it's just the truth. Uh, I, I, part of me always wants to root for the Kings, but I'm not going to fight you on that one. Um, I'll tell you this. I mean, the, the the stuff that I saw this weekend, I mean, just to echo you guys' sentiment, definitely very exciting to see. And, Eric, to go back to something you said earlier, the fact that the teams weren't seated correctly because of everything going on with COVID and everything and the and uh, the, the scheduling and everything definitely makes sense when you look at the amount of double-digit seeds that you saw at the very least move to the second round. And now you see an uh, 11 seed Syracuse, um, and who's the other one? I just saw oh 11 seed UCLA, the play-in game with UCLA and Michigan State. Uh, so it definitely backs up what you're saying there. Uh, and I realize this is a little late, and you guys probably stole a little thunder for it, but I'm going to make this joke. I don't care. The most shocking thing in the tournament, who would have thought one of the most legendary coaches in the history of college basketball, who would have thought his son would have been a pretty damn good college basketball player too? That's a shock right there and a half. I don't care if nobody's laughing. I thought that was funny. Anyway, um, give it up to Beheim though. I mean, Bobby Beheim he had uh, – he was on fire on Sunday, the, the, what I was watching in that game. So I liked that. Um, but you look at these yeah, matchups. Buddy. Yeah, I think that's his name, Buddy Beheim, right? Yeah, I thought you said Bobby. No, I said Buddy. I think I did. I don't know. I've said the wrong name before, so it's possible. Um, but you look at these Sweet 16 matchups going in. Gonzaga taking on Crichton. Baylor taking on Villanova, the five seed. USC, the six, taking on Oregon, the seven. Arkansas against Oral Roberts, the 15, who was able to beat Florida. In I didn't get to watch that game, but it looks like it was a close game, 81-78. So you got them still alive in there. Michigan taking on Florida. Loyola, Chicago, the eight seed, taking on the 12 seed, Oregon. Oregon State, excuse me. Uh, 10, uh, excuse me, two seed Alabama taking on 11 seed UCLA. And I have to I, we all know, I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to college basketball. And if you don't believe me, my brother got me to join one of his uh, bracket pools and yeah, that didn't work out. That didn't work out at all. Um, I had Ohio state and Tennessee in my final four. So I'm done there, 
But I'm going to pick UCLA over Alabama. Based on what you said, Eric, the seeding in this, I always felt like whoever won that play-in game between Michigan State and UCLA, like I don't know a lot about college basketball, but I feel like casual fans always wind up recognizing the programs that have the prestige attached to them. Those two programs that have the prestige attached to them. Alabama's playing well right now, though. But go ahead. Yeah, that's why it's a bad pick. I'm picking Bama over UCLA. I think there are other upsets you could you you could pick there. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. I'm going no no. Villanova could I think Villanova could win. Um, like I think there are a couple upsets to be had, but I just don't think that that's one of them. I'm saying Syracuse over Houston. I'm saying I I think that's a good pick. I like that. I like uh I do like Baylor over who who's Baylor playing again? Uh, Baylor, let me, though, in that let me game. look it up. Where are um, they? Um uh, Baylor is taking uh, Baylor's taking on Villanova. Oh they are? All right, yeah. Never mind. I'm taking Baylor. Never mind. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> Baylor's doing too well right now. They're shooting the ball. Like crazy, they're they're playing great. They're the team's been clicking again. They were playing great before they had some COVID issues, ran into some COVID issues, stumbled a little bit coming after that, but they've been playing unbelievable basketball since then. So I'm a I I am a big belly this weekend. Um, and who's Oral Roberts playing? I would love to. Oral Roberts, Roberts is Arkansas. Yeah, give me Oral Roberts. I'm just going to root for him. I don't know if they're actually going to win, but I want to actually root for Oral Roberts here. That'd be fun. They're kind of like uh, what was that uh, Florida or uh, FGU, FSGU team, whatever. What, what team was that a couple of years ago? Somebody help me out. Oh, I don't, I don't know who you're Florida Gulf about. Coast State or yeah, something like Florida, that. Yeah, Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, yep, I'm with. Yep. Yeah, well, Dave, yeah, why, yeah. Don't, why don't you weigh on this a little bit? What do you think? I mean, Lo- Loyola, which uh, I think it's Sister Mary, uh, Loyola, Chicago. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pulling so hard for them just so that woman can see them win something before she goes. And that's cause... with the big, goofy white guy, right? That's with the big, goofy white guy who looks like a 40-year-old truck driver, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like he's got a pedophile van parked outside. But anyway, uh, a little he, bit, a little bit. He's, a, he's unbelievable, though. He's, he's yeah, he's pretty good. His mind. Yeah, him and uh, Sister, uh, what were you saying, Dave? Whatever her I name think, is. I Sister think Mary. Mary. Yeah, I think, I think you're right, Dave. I think it's Sister Mary. They're taking on 12-ranked Oregon State. So, I mean, they'd probably go into the game as the favorites. Probably, but I, I'm pulling for them, too, Dave. I like that pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm all for it. That woman seems like such an awesome chick. I, I just want her to get to see them win. I yeah. feel like you're going to see her shotgun a beer if they win, and I am all for that. That would be fantastic. She looks like she's 80 years old, so that'd be awesome. Oh, she might be past 80, my friend. I'm being cons- <laughs> I'm being nice. I'm being nice. Yeah. All I right. think that school's been in the tournament, too. I think two out of the last three years or three out of the last four. I, I think you're right on that. There, I think. Loyola Marymount. They, I think they're, they're doing pretty good there. Yeah. Yep. All right. Any final thoughts on this before we move on? Uh, Davey? Uh, yeah, no, I'm good. Just keep it rolling into next weekend and hope for some more good basketball. It should be pretty good. Yeah. All right. So we're going to football next because obviously football is kind of outside of the tournament. The big stories have come out of football here. All right, so we have a choice here because there's two things. 
two things. One of them is I know Eric wants to rail against the Giants. And then the other no, thing. I don't want a, to. You're going to make me, but I don't want to. You wanted to. You <laughs> said you wanted to. Anyway, hang on. Hey, hey. You're going to make me. I am not going to. Oh, okay. So this is my fault. This is this is my fault. Text message proof, my friend. I hate to Thank you. Thank you. This is this is on me now. Okay. All right. Fine. But here's the other thing. Unfortunately, the other thing we can start off with, and the three of us, we like playing in the toy department, as Mike Francesa used to call it. Sports is the toy department, and we like to stay in the toy department. And we don't like to stray from the toy department. But unfortunately, every now and then, the real world seeps its way into the toy department here. And we have something in that track. So unfortunately, Eric, if you don't start off with the giant shit, we have to go into the real world shit that I'm sure none of us want to talk about. So well, which do we want? Do we deep into it? We're already this deep into it, so let's start there and then go to, All right. uh, go to All right. your giant situation. So uh, let me give my intro to this because I've thought long and hard about how I wanted to start this off. So Deshaun Watson, obviously, before the last week was the talk of the NBA offseason to begin with because of everything that has gone on with him in the Houston Texans, him demanding a trade after everything that went on with their general manager search, he's made it perfectly clear, at least behind the scenes, he doesn't want to play another game for the Houston Texans. He wants to be traded. And then last week, we had, it started out with three women filing lawsuits in civil court against Deshaun Watson, alleging inappropriate relations when they attempted to give him a massage. Now, it should be mentioned the timing of this whole thing. And the fact that the lawyer representing these women, these women is a man by the name of Tony Busby, who is a former neighbor and apparently a friend as of at least 2014, by anyone's accounts, of the owner of the Houston Texans. So everybody, I mean, I don't really think it was a tinfoil hat theory to think that something else was at play here when this started. But as the days have gone by, and now we're up to a week since this story came out, basically, as of us going to air, we now have 14 lawsuits against Sean Watson with a total of 24 allegations against the Sean Watson for inappropriate relations stemming from him approaching these women wanting massages. And the allegations range from him making an advance and them turning it down to some pretty, Eric, you kind of put it eloquently in that meme you sent earlier, some Cosby-level shit. And we should preface this by saying, as of right now, nobody has any idea what is true and what is not true. All we know is that there's 24 accusations out there. And even if one of those accusations is true, it's not good for Deshaun Watson. That's one too many in my eyes. But you also can't ignore the fact that, like I said, who the lawyer representing these women are, the fact that this is going through the civil court before it's going through criminal court. And you also can't ignore the fact that there is a story out, <coughs> excuse me, out there that is alleging 
that a couple of the women, probably the first three who were involved in this lawsuit, were going on Instagram and petitioning anyone who wanted to make an allegation against Hassan Watson to feel free to do so for a, quote, guaranteed paid out. So again, I will turn this over to you two gentlemen, but I will preface this by saying we know nothing at the time. If even one of these allegations is true, it's one too many, but there is a possibility something else is at play here. And it's also a possibility that these allegations aren't just new news now that a team like the Houston Texans knew about these allegations and all of a sudden, when Deshaun Watson decides he doesn't want to be a part of their organization, decided, well, there's no reason for us to keep covering this up now. And if they did that, they're just as guilty as Deshaun Watson. So I turn it over to you two gentlemen now. Dave, let's start with you. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of red flags in this one. Um, yeah. I hate the fact that this is probably like the umpteenth time we've even talked about this related to anybody in professional sports. So Absolutely. Uh, that obviously sucks. Uh, I think you kind of hit it on the head with, with the fact that even if only one of these allegations are true, that's one too many. Mm-hmm. Um, but simultaneously, this is – there's a lot of – as Eric likes to say, and as you mentioned before, a lot of tinfoil hat parts yeah. to this situation. And look, I don't know what's true and I don't know what's not true. What I do know is that the timing of this and how all of this unfolded, the relationship between the lawyer of these um, women making the allegations and the um, owner of the uh, Texans, like, there's there's a lot of question marks and a lot of things that I think need to be explained. Um, and I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I hope it's not true. I hope he didn't do it. If he did it, I hope he suffered the full consequences of the law. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I mean, come on. Like, when you look at all the dots, it's really hard to just sit here and say, Oh, yes, he is 100%. No ifs, Sandra buts, no questions about it. Guilty. Yeah. Like it, it's just too hard for me to sit here and just say, yeah, no, I, you, I think you're completely right and I have no argument. Like, I just, I don't know. It, it, there's a lot of question marks I have and things that I don't think is going to be answered anytime soon. Um, but hopefully they are. But yeah, it's it, there, there's a lot of weirdness in this story, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, that's well said. Too, why, why isn't there any kind of criminal charge? That's what I want to know. Well, apparently, they're starting to... And again, Eric, if the point you're going with is that what raises the red flag, I totally agree with you. Apparently, they're starting to... The police have said since about Thursday they were starting to investigate these claims. As of Friday, they hadn't been able to talk to Bisbee even though he had said he was willing to talk to them. They released a statement on Friday saying they had not been able to contact. Uh, but is it? I think it's Busby. I'm not sure. Um, they hadn't been able to contact him yet. Today, 
They were talking about affidavits. I don't know if that was just for the civil court or if that was part of the investigation. I think we're starting to move in that direction. But if the point you're getting at is that the fact that this is going through civil court before it goes through criminal court, that, that yes, like Dave said, that, that's one of many red flags in this scenario. Go ahead. Did I cut out again? No, we got you. Okay. Eric, go ahead. I cut out for a second there. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. All right. I told you guys, every time there's silence after I talk, I'm going to think I cut out. So go ahead, Eric. No, I just, you know, I'm blown away by this because mm -hmm. I, I, it's it's such a hard story. And you know me. I'm the first one to to go to the drawer, pull out my aluminum foil, and make my tin hat. But it, it's... Well, can I can I just say something? And I, want, and I want to do that in the worst way, but at the same time, how do you have twenty four allegations and tell me that zero of them or I have any truth to them? You know yeah. what I mean? But then again, it's what level of truth? And in today's day and age, who knows what like was said? Who knows what? Who is comfortable with what? Again, if he's talking to some Instagram model who's like, you know, he's talking about massages with, but who may not be an actual, like, real masseuse. Yeah. And he's trying to seduce her. He's an NFL player trying to seduce a lady. Listen, I, I, how many of those? I, I would love to know how many people would come up against Will Chamberlain nowadays. You know oh, what I mean? That's a good like, point. How many, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. It's weird. It's wild. But at the same time, I can't dismiss it because. It's 24 at this point, allegations again, and yeah. 14 different women. If you tell me that none of them are any true, have any truth to them, it's just like, don't tell me two or three conspired. And like you said, maybe there was something weird that went out and they sent out, like, I, I didn't see that message that you're talking about that might have went out there to the world saying, hey, you want to claim up something against Deshaun Watson, get in on this and you'll get some money. I didn't see that myself, but it doesn't mean I, it didn't happen. It doesn't mean it isn't out there. So I'm I, listen. The it, it's 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 weird that this guy was the former neighbor of the owner. It's weird that there's like all these women, but not one of them wants to file a criminal suit. It's all civil. It's there, there's a lot of weirdness to this that makes me stop and think like maybe was this guy you know, like I, I I don't know. It's just so weird. He had yeah. such a squeaky clean character before this. Yeah, and not to say that like some of the biggest monsters out there aren't people like that are you know, Cosby, Cosby. Clothing, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm just saying like if that happens, there's millions of those people out there, and maybe not millions, but like you know there are those people out there that can sure. do that. So maybe this is a case of that, but it, it's hard to imagine <laughs> that because this guy has been in the public, has been in the limelight. I mean, I know he's only 25. But it's been a better part of almost a better than a decade now. He's been in the limelight because he was a big time recruit at Clemson. He was yep. at Clemson for years. He did really well there. He, you know, he was a top talent into the NFL. Like and, for and none Eric. of these stories to come out until he's until he has a problem with the team, and then it's it just is too coincidental. It's too weird. But at the same time, I do not want to dismiss those stories. Because I don't believe that they, we should just be dismissing them. So I really hope the police out are out there investigating. And if he did do something wrong, something criminal comes of it. Because 
to be honest, that that's what makes a difference more than the money to me. Is like if he if he did something wrong to these women, he should suffer criminally for it, not just in the wallet. And if all these women are looking to do is hit him in the wallet, I'm just questioning that. So I just want to see how this plays out. It's too weird to me, though. Dave, Dave, before you um you comment on this, I just want to say you guys have both brought up the tinfoil hat. I want to say I, I said this earlier, but I want to say it again. I don't think there's anything tinfoil hat about questioning these charges when they first came out, questioning the timing, questioning who's resenting, uh, representing them, questioning why they're going into civil, asking straight for money rather than going into criminal. I don't think there's anything tinfoil hat about them. Eric, as you said perfectly, though, we're up to 24 allegations now. At that point, you, you, you're getting into some very bad territory here. Well, and here's So here's that makes, thing, it, that too, makes you here's, question here's things. The, here's the smoking yeah. gun that I want to see. And to me, this, this would clear up a lot more of the story, too, is if he was reaching out to them, as they say, via social media, via Instagram, via DM, via whatever, share those. I want to see. Well, I. Just, just so you know, really there's one out there. For those things. There is. Like, I haven't seen mm, them. If they are out there, no, no, no. There's one out there. Um, Busby actually shared. I think it was on Instagram. He shared a text message that Deshaun had sent to one of these women. I think it was the 11th accuser or the 11th filer, whatever you want to call her. And he's he's propositioning her for a massage. And the last text that I saw in the chain was. Could you focus more on the groinal area? It was something like that. I can't remember the exact wordage. But there is one out there. And to his credit, well, his legal team, right? To that, though? What was the I didn't see a re- I did not see a re- I did not I did not see a response to that on there. I don't know if there's one on there. I'd have to dig into that a little deeper. And to his credit, is it, is it just flirting and he thinks he's flirting, but she thinks he's really talking about, oh, this NFL player wants me to give him a, a massage. When really, he's thinking, I just want this Instagram model to come over to my house, like, you know, see what happens. You know, I have to yeah. my back's hurting. You know, I got taken a lot of hits this year. You know, you got to, you know, work well, let me, some of the kinks for me, you know. Let me say this, and, then, and let me say this, and then we'll get David on this. Rusty Harden, who represented Roger Clemens in his steroid trial against Brian McNamee in the early part of the century, he is the one representing Deshaun Watson in this case. And he released a statement today saying they have irrefutable evidence that one of the accusers is lying and they feel it will discredit all of them. Now, whether or not that happens, I don't think one discredits all of them, truthfully. I think it can be like a sweater with the threads hanging off it. But again, if one is telling the truth, that's a problem. Dave, go ahead. Oh. I hate to bring up this comparison, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. And if people get mad at me, they can get mad at me. To me, this is almost reminiscent of like Kobe Bryant's situation a little bit to me and what he dealt with. And I know that was only one person, one accuser, and I know he had a wife and whatever else, and Deshaun doesn't have a wife. But he, she didn't entirely lie, though, if I'm not mistaken. No, they had a relationship. But that's what I'm wondering about this, though. Is is everything about it a lie? Or, you know, is he was he really just trying to get these women there so he can take advantage of them and rape them? Or was he like genuinely thinking that he was flirting with these women and being playful? And then now they're turning it around and making it something that he never thought it was. Again, I don't know, 
but I know that there's so, there got to be something to this for there to be that many women and that many that many allegations. There has to be something there. I would just like to see something criminally filed. I just don't understand why no, out of none of these accusers and none of the accusations, nothing has gone to not one of them has filed criminally. Well, we'll see that, if that, that happens. Like, well, I want to see that happen because to me, that would mean there might be some more truth to the allegations. But again, if he says he has irrefu- irrefutable proof, again, to me, when you talked about that text message or Instagram post or whatever that he saw where, you know, the last thing you remember seeing was, can you focus on my groinal area? Well, I want to see the response to that. I want to see the whole chain. I want to mm. see how it all played out to find out if somebody really is lying on one end or the other, because somebody here isn't telling the truth. And let's be honest, what really it comes down to it to Sean Watson is no team's going to touch him with a 10 foot pole while this is going on. No team's going to go out there and spend yeah. three first round picks to bring him in. So is this now a ploy to get him to stay there? And now he's trapped. Because he's in a damned if he does, damned if he does moment right now. He's well, going to have to play for the Texans, and maybe this stuff gets washed away. Or if this is a coup by the owner, maybe he gets blackballed and he never plays another down in the NFL again. Well, no. Well, you know, what? I, crazy. Some people out there are crazy. I don't know. Addictive. I don't that, know if it, that staunch that he's either going to be a Texan or nothing. Maybe this is the way they do it, and it's sad and weird to say. But I'm gonna have, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my my uh, different hat on. I'm gonna put a second hat on here, and say that maybe there's something weird going on with that with, with that uh, that that owner, that team, and that new GM going. I told you he was gonna be a Texan. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, and I want to get Dave in on this. Easterby. That's the guy I can see doing something like this. I don't know enough about the owner McNair. Everything I've heard about that guy Easterby is that he's crazy. So I feel like if this was an elaborate plot plot by the Texans, he'd be the guy to trigger the whole thing. Dave, go ahead. I feel like we trampled all over Dave here, though. I feel bad about that. I'm sorry, Dave. No, no, you, you guys were good. I was going to jump in before when you were talking about where the allegations. Came yeah, and I I stopped you. I'm sorry. And just kind of mention like. How much more interesting would it be if some of these ver- girls were girls you went to college from? You know, like, I, I yeah. think that's, that's an interesting point to kind of think about because it's like, all right, well, did they wait until he got his payday? Is this stuff that it took time for them to build up the confidence to come forward? Like, it would just add even more question marks to me. And I think that that to me is kind of a, a very intriguing thing to think about is what if, what if this took place or this came from girls he went to uh, college with? I think that would make things even more crazy. Yeah, I mean, we really, as of right now, don't know timelines on when these accusations supposedly happened. We don't know how far-reaching this is. We don't know a lot of anything right now. So I, I think we're going to close it on this. As I said, and as you guys have articulated uh, well here, there's a lot of red flags in this on both sides. For the accusers, it's the fact that you're going through civil court rather than criminal court. It's the fact that you're represented by a guy who has a prior relationship with the owner. It's the fact that the timing of this whole thing happens mere weeks 
after it becomes public that Deshaun Watson does not want to play for the Texans anymore and the Texans don't want to trade this guy. For Deshaun Watson, it is merely the fact that you now have up to 24 accusers accusing you of doing something very inappropriate here. So there's problems all around this whole thing. And with that, let's move on to the next topic, which we will talk about the Giants here. Um, and I'll say this. When we were talking last week, Eric, you're disappointed in what they had done so far. Uh, I believe at the time we went to air, they had signed um, Williams to the contract, the defensive, uh, the defensive lineman they had let uh, uh, Tomlinson go. I believe he signed with the Vikings. Now we have Kenny Galladay signing a contract, wide receiver, top wide receiver on the market with the Giants, arguably becoming their number one offensive weapon. They've signed another cornerback to pair with James Bradway. Uh, it, it is Bradway, right? Sure. Yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. Um, I couldn't remember if it was Bradway or Bradbury. Um, yeah, the Jackson. Okay. All right. That's your guy. You should know what his name is. Um, I, I'm excused. I'm a cow. I'm out of my What? David? That's not even. No, that's safety. No, no, no. The uh, Dory Jackson. They signed that cornerback to pair with the other cornerback, Brad Berry. Let's go with Brad Berry here. They've signed a couple other moves, but I know you are still unimpressed with this. But I want to bring up one thing before you say whatever you're going to say about the Giants here. There have been. Yeah, I mean that might be that might be true. That might be true. But here's the thing: Galladay was without question the number one wide receiver on the market. The, the, oh the fact God, that you got him, yeah, all right, fine. The fact that you guys got him, I think, is a credit to you guys. You could be upset about the amount of money that you gave him or whatever. I heard a comparison. I heard a comparison yesterday, comparing him to another wide receiver who you guys signed a number of years ago by the name of Plaxico Burris. And I looked at the well. I looked at the numbers. Oh my God. Hang on, before you shit on this, because I was expecting you to shit on this. Taking a big hard dump. All right, you go ahead. But listen, let me talk first, and then you know you go ahead and relieve yourself. You do what you got to do. I'm looking at the numbers between the two of them, and. When Plax signed with the Giants, he was in the league for five years. Galladay's been in the league for four years. Both have two thousand-yard receiving seasons. Both have one year of seventy-plus catches. Um, Galladay is the only one of the two who had a season where he had more than ten receiving yards in a season. And both are coming off a year where they missed a substantial amount of games with injuries. And they're both coming to a team that has a young quarterback. I, I don't remember what no, year Eli no, was no, entering no. at that time. No, don't but, even, don't even, but don't even. Don't I'm even, saying don't the comparisons even. are there, and they're the no, same no, no, no. age. They're the same age. Did you just compare the either? Situations, not player. Situations, not player. Situations, not player. Are you? Are you? I'm comparing the situations. Comparing the situations with the players, and we don't have an Eli Manning throwing him the ball. We have shitty Danny Dimes. 
And it's not well, we don't know. Better. We don't know how shitty he is yet. The There's a difference between I think between Plaxico and Galladay is Galladay can't stay on the field. Well, hang on about that. Listen, hang on I, about I that. Plaxico wasn't exactly the brightest bulb on the block either. So I mean, I really. Well, I mean, they won a championship before he shot himself in the foot. I don't need another cheddar bob. I'm good. Another what? Cheddar bob. I don't. What? What is a cheddar bob? Never I've never heard that. Mile? And not in a really long time. It's been about 17 years since I saw that movie. That That's Cheddar Bob's his friend that shoots himself. Oh. Get it? Plex go shot him. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that one. Yeah. I got it now. All right. But in all fairness, Plexico Burris had kind of an injury reputation before he signed with the Giants, too. I, again, I, I don't think Plaxico was needed. To, uh, again, I am not a Kenny, Kenny Galladay fan. I'm not a fan of the guy John Ross they signed either, the guy at the Speedster. They're signing a bunch of guys who can't stay on the field. Sign Kyle Rudolph to a two-year deal. Ooh, well, that, that, that might fall through. That might fall through. Uh, the physical revealed that he might need surgery, so that deal might fall through, actually. I mean, the best signing was probably the corner. We probably play, paid him too much money because every time you pay a corner in the NFL, their production goes down. So, yeah, I fair. mean, I, I, I just, I, eh, just, I don't understand Gettleman. He should be fired. He sucks. There's nobody worse than him. I don't know why you would spend the money on a wide receiver and try finagle the cap the way they did, which they're already spending too much money as is. They're finagling the cap to get signed Galladay when they should have used that to solidify the offensive and defensive lines, maybe sign a linebacker, and they could have drafted one of the top three wide receivers in the draft. Waddle, Chase, or uh, Smith would have been available at 11 or 12 whenever they're picking. So 11. They, they would have gotten one of the top three receivers in the draft who are all three are going to be very good in the NFL, and – not had to have paid the money you paid for Galladay and been able to sign more people and fill more holes on your team with that money. It was stupid. I cannot wait for Gettleman to go, but until then, our Giants are just in a shitty position. I mean, Max Kellerman running around saying how they're, they, they're going to win the division and everybody should run. Michael Kay and those guys are saying today, everybody should run out and bet the Giants. Bet the Giants. They're oh, those are your boys right, right there. Yeah, but you love saying, those guys. But, uh, they're saying go out and bet the Giants plus 450 because they're, they, they have the worst odds right now to win the division. Because I think like it was, I think Dallas and maybe the Eagles and the Redskins and then the, then the Giants, something like that. The Giants were plus 450. So you bet a hundred, you could win 450. You know, it's not a bad bet if you if you honestly think and you believe these people out there that the Giants are are, are going to be up and coming. I just don't believe it. Not because I don't necessarily think that Joe Judge isn't an okay coach. He might be okay. I, I still don't think he's out there, you know, I, I still don't see him as a, as a genius. So I, I don't know. I think the jury's still out on him. And we know Gettleman sucks ass. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just over it. it. The Giants are going to suck until they get a new GM and find a new direction. Danny Dimes is not the answer. They clearly are going to do something stupid come draft day. 
because I have no idea where they're going to go now. I mean, I hope they don't necessarily just throw it at another offensive lineman like they did Andrew Thomas last year, because they really only drafted Andrew Thomas because they missed out on the Chase Young sweepstakes. So, I mean, it's just stupid. I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you how deep you thought offensive line was in this draft. Because I, I do think they're going to go offensive line in the draft now. I think you kind of have to. Because whether you're impressed with them or not, they do have, a dec- at least on paper, a decent amount of skill position players around Daniel problem. Jones. Go ahead. Yes, but here's the problem. is I'm sure there are going to be some mighty fine offensive linemen in this draft. The problem I have is I don't trust the guy evaluating the talent. I mean, that's fair. So you have no reason to. There's 10 great offensive linemen there. I don't believe he's going to pick the best one of the 10. Well, you have no reason to. I will give you that one. You have no reason to. I, 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 I You know I'm not a defender of Gettleman. Yeah, and I'm so. not going to sit here and tell you there's no pro bowlers in this draft. This draft sucks for offensive line. I'm not going to say that. There's, there's going to be some mighty fine offensive linemen in the draft. Some really good ones, I'm sure. But are we smart enough to draft one of the good ones? I don't believe so. Dave, do you have anything you want to throw in? <laughs> I mean, look, when it when it's all said and done, the Giants are throwing a lot of money around that, you know, when the offseason first started, basically they were like, no, we don't have any money. Um, I We've always talked about how I think all three of us agree. You, you build a winning football team by winning in the trenches first. So yeah. that means offensive and defensive line, not wide receivers and corners. Um, I do like Adoree Jackson. I think he's a solid player. Um, but to me, really, the, the biggest thing I pulled out of what the Giants have done so far this offseason is Gettleman knows this is his make or break year. So Gettleman yeah. is doing everything he can to try and field what he believes is a winning team and a team that will help him keep his job. And that to me is the number one thing you see out of what, you know, the moves they've made is he knows this is a live, this is do or die season for him. It's a do or die season for Daniel Jones. Like this is, this is it. Like they're putting all the chips on the table and they're going to give it all they can to make a run at this division after what they saw last year and how weak the division came across and how poorly the whole division played. So it, that that's that's what you're really seeing and that's what I that's how I look at what what you've seen the Giants do is this is a a power grab to win the division and get them in to keep his job. I mean, I agree with that sentiment. I know I've been hearing on Cardinal Roberts that this this is do or die for him this year. This is no excuses anymore and I think that's true if you're able to hit on the right offensive lineman in the draft, because that's still your only major position of weakness. If you consider tight end some sort of strength, of course, Evan Ingram does have to prove he's going to be healthy to prove that that position is not a weakness. Healthy and Uh, that he can consistently catch the football. Well, that helps too. That helps too. That does. athletic as hell, but he can't just drop the ball. He drops way too many passes. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm not comparing him to him, but I know that was Plaxico Burris' problem before he came to the Giants, too. So I'm just, I'm All just saying. All I know is that Eli Manning is not being resurrected into Daniel Jones' body this season. So I have zero faith 
Is Daniel Jones going to be able to sling that ball around enough to Kenny Galladay and these guys to have a successful season? Well, I'll, I'll say this. I feel like his excuse outside of the, the mental mistakes he made and obviously the tripping after the 60-yard scramble, I feel like the excuse that was used on him the last couple of years is he didn't have the weapons around him. He didn't have legitimate yeah, receivers Galladay's around him. He's not a speedster, though. Galladay's not a guy that creates separation. He's a guy so who's. Th- a, so when guys are do- so when so when Daniel Jones is getting blitzed out of his mind and they're putting eight in a box, he's not going to be able to get separation fast enough for Daniel Jones to get him the ball. He's going to be a useless guy out there on the field. I hope he's a good blocker. I hope that he's a good blocker. That's all I can say. Galladay is as good of a wide re- uh, number one wide receiver as you guys have had on the team since Odell Beckham, in my opinion. I will I will give him that. He does have to stay on the field. The speed is going to be a problem, but you know, you do if John Ross is able to stay healthy too, you got your speedster there. So if those two are able to come in and compliment Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton, I think you got a decent wide receiving core there. I really do. And if Ingram can put the stick him on his hands without the ref watching. Five wide receiver sets are you gonna have? How many times are you gonna you're going three? You're going three. You're going three. That's what I'm saying. So you don't have room for Slayton and Ross and Shepard. Well, they're going to trade off. And Galladay. You're going to have one of them is going to be riding the pine. So, I mean, what good is having four of them if only three of them can play? Well, they're not all going to play every play. They would be just as good if they would have went Shepard, Ross, and and, uh, uh, Slayton and not spent the money on Galladay and used that money to fill other holes. It's way too much money to pay Galladay. He's getting paid like a top five receiver. He's not a top five receiver. Oh, we might have lost Mike. I agree. I don't think Galladay is a top five wide receiver, dude. Uh, I mean, I don't hate. I don't hate the signing as as much as you do. Um, I do think that. If he is healthy, like he really does add another dynamic weapon to that team. I'm a bigger fan of, of the um, Adoree Jackson signing than I am the Galladay signing, though. Yeah, no, I mean, that's Hi. the signing that I'm okay with. I'm okay with the Adoree Jackson signing. But, I mean, again, when, you're, when that's one out of six signings, I'm not, you know, I'm not blown away. Gettleman is not very good at his job. And I don't know how he continues to keep it. Oh, listen, I don't know when I cut out there, but all I was saying was you're obviously not going to play the same three wide receivers every down. You're going to trade in, you're going to trade out, and whoever's got the hot hand is going to wind up playing. But I think when your choices are those four for your three wide receiver spots, I think you're in decent shape. At the very least, you're in better position than you've been for the last couple of years at that position. Whether or not that helps, but it's still too much money. They could have been in just as good a position if they would have drafted one of the top three wide receivers in the draft. They would have spent less money to do it, and they could have plugged up other holes on the team with that other money. Well, I think they could have gotten a receiver as good as Galladay in one of the top three receivers in this draft. But would they have gotten an offensive lineman in free agency as good as someone they could have picked during the draft? That is the question that Gettleman is going to have to answer. But again, there's going to be the money there. You know, not every lineman gets drafted in the, in the top ten in the first I mean, that should be great. Uh, really, you got to Flowers, yes, absolutely. I agree with you. 
So, I mean, second round, third round, you could draft some really good old linemen in those rounds. I'm you not saying, uh, you know, the soldiers supposed to be coming back. You know, they drafted an offensive lineman last are you year. Really, are you really confident in Nate Soldier, though? Again this year. Are you really confident in Nate Soldier, though? I wouldn't be. No, I mean, they're moving him to the right side this year, but still, I'm, I'm not real happy with it, but still, we're throwing a ton of money at him, so we got to use him. All right, let's shitty, uh, another shitty guy, Gettleman signing. Yeah, that's that's really a point for Gettleman right there. I agree with you on that. All right, let's wrap this up here. Final thoughts, Dave. I I don't know if you gave your final thought when I was out, but go ahead. Yeah, no. Are I there mean, any other, real quick before we give a final thought, are there any other free agent signings outside of the Giants? I know we've rambled here about the Giants for myself. But anything else free agency wise you guys have seen out there that, uh, that uh, we haven't talked about? I feel like. I, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, like I said last week, I felt like this was an underwhelming free agent class, and I haven't really seen too much that really stuck with me. Like Deshaun Jackson went to the Rams. Kyle Fuller went to the Broncos after he was released by the Bears. Philip Lindsay had his qualifying offer rescinded by the Broncos. He signed with the Texans. I don't know. Dave, you see anything else? Oh, did I cut out again? No, I think. Oh, no, this was Dave. Oh, okay. Dave. Hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. You there? All right. Well, um, until Dave. Until, I'm oh, back. There he no, is. he's back. He's back. He's back. Dave, did you see anything else free agent wise you wanted to comment on? I mean, look, I, I was really shocked by the Patrick Peterson signing that, that in Minnesota. I, I just. Yeah. For a guy that's towards the end of his career, I thought he would have went to a team with more potential to contend, and I, I was pretty shocked to see him go there. I mean, that's fair. I never thought he'd leave Arizona. To tell you. <laughs> I never thought he'd leave Arizona, to tell you the truth. <laughs> and if that's... Huh? No, I'm just smoking a cigarette. Went down the wrong I'm pipe. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, that's fine. Um, I'll tell you this, to, to leave Arizona and go to Minnesota, that's a lateral move. And like you said, later in your career, why are you going to make a lateral move? Just stay with Arizona. At least you got the, you got other people in the old folks home with you. You're fine. You got J.J. Watt. Oh, God. I was just going to say, you got you got J.J. Watt, you got A.J. Green, you got Larry Fitzgerald, you got plenty of people rolling the freaking uh, uh, the wheelchairs with you there. You're fine. What did you need to go to Minnesota for? I don't get that. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, the one thing that surprised me so far in free agency is how the Ravens have signed nobody to get Lamar Jackson any help. Yeah, that's strange. Know, they not want to get, like, to me, that would have been a good signing for Galladay. That would have been a good place for him to go. Team on the rise with a quarterback who needs some help. That would have been a better signing. Like, I, I want to know what is turning people up, or do they just not want to throw the ball? Is it, is it just going to be a straight run-run option, whether it's going to be the back or, or Lamar Jackson out of the backfield. Like, I, I don't know what they're trying to do there. Well, I think, it, I think it's got more to do than what we, we, what we were talking about last week with the fact that the salary cap is lower than it's been in a while here. And I feel like teams are still scrambling to do it. I think the fact that Galloway, Galladay, excuse me, wanted so much probably turn the the Browns, uh, excuse me, the Ra Browns, the Ravens off a little bit there. And in terms of need, yeah, the Ravens need to up their wide receiving core. 
The wide receiving core last year was still better than the Giants, though. So get why the Giants would take the risk more than the Ravens would on that. What do you say, Dave? I mean, I, Hollywood Brown ain't enough. And I agree. Sorry, but I, I would have taken Sterling Shepard and the Giants' oh, offensive yeah. weapons yeah. over over what you saw in Baltimore. I mean, Hollywood Brown is it, and he's basically as inconsistent of a wide receiver as there is for a guy that has so much potential. So I, I don't know if I could agree that the core was worse. Um, maybe similar. I, I think I can give you that. But uh, the, the idea to say that Ravens was better than the Giants, I, that's sadly not something I can uh, concur with. Yeah, fair enough. All right. So I guess that'll wrap up NFL free agency. I know we all kind of want to go. Eric, I'm sure Janice is kicking you in the leg saying, get off the freaking phone. Let's go here. Um, does any, I, what, Real Housewives of Atlanta? Was that what it was? No, New Jersey, but no. Oh, excuse me. She did excuse- want to know how we felt about uh, Tiger Woods' recovery, and uh, would we ever see him back out there again? We don't. I don't know. You guys want to touch on that at all? You can. But I mean, uh, I, 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 I know he's back in Florida now, continuing his uh, rehab. But I'll I'll say this: I feel like we will see Tiger Woods back because a guy like him who went through everything he went through to try to get back and get to the point where he won another major to see his career end this way. I think it's like Mariano Rivera. You knew he was retiring at the end of the season, but he didn't want the last image that Yankee fans saw of him to be him injuring his leg, shagging fly balls in the outfield. He wanted to end on his own terms. Tiger seems like that type of guy to to me. Do I think he's going to do it? Do I think he'll be able to get back? To an elite level? I mean, at this point, we were already questioning whether or not he was going to get back to an elite level. So I really don't know. I I think he's going to be back, though. I just I don't know if he's going to be able to end his career the way he wants to. That's that's my thing. Dave, what do you say? Yeah, I I hate to say it, but I don't I don't think we uh, we see Tiger do anything more than play play in the tournament. Um, I, I just. Outside of maybe a top 10 finish, I don't think we see that again from him. I just, his body's taken more than its share of beatings, and this accident is just, it's just icing on the cake for his body. And I think, I, I think it's fair to assume that uh, we, we might have seen the last of Tiger Woods when it comes down to uh, being a competitor, a truly competitive golfer week in and week out. Mm. What do you think, Eric? I have a hot take. I think if Tiger Woods can get back to a golf tournament, a competitive golf tournament, I think it will be the second most sport, uh, second most watched sporting event of the year outside of the Super Bowl. I don't think you're wrong there. I think whenever whether that yeah, be a I, Masters, whether that be just you know uh, something at Torrey Pines, whether that be any, anything anywhere. If he gets back, people are going to tune in and tune in in big numbers to see whatever Tiger does in his return. And that's really what it comes down to. And I, I believe what I believe you, you said a couple of minutes ago, Mike, that Tiger Woods is that different kind. I think he has a different kind of mentality where he's not going to want to go out that way. Sure. He's not going to want to just retire. He's going to want to prove he can come back and 
he's a different type of he he's a champion. He he has a different type of mindset. And uh, if there's one thing I'm gonna do is I'm not gonna doubt Tiger Woods. Um, so especially at the game of golf because he just has well that intimidation factor too. And if he were to ever step back on the course again, and and play like two good rounds, get into a Saturday uh, and be on the leaderboard and couple strokes out there's nobody that wants to see tiger woods breathing down their neck on a saturday or sunday mm. and I, I do i think that he can never get back to playing championship golf again i don't i don't agree with that i think he could and i think maybe that's what he would build back to but again i don't know and uh we, we have to see maybe he just does take the time off and want to spend it with his kids and not want to pursue golf in that same way again, but I just don't see that happening. I think he's he's a competitor, and uh, I think eventually we'll we'll see him back out there again. Well, is it I to to sum this up? Uh, I mean, like I said, Eric, you kind of said it perfectly. He is the type of player who's going to want to end on his own terms. I just I question, and I'm not going to doubt him. That's what you said that I agree with. I'm not going to doubt him either, but I just think. You look at how long it took him to get back, back to an elite level after the last decade. And now he's got to do something else to really rehab his body to get back. He's got to go up that mountain again. I just I just question how long it's going to take. He's going to be deep in his 40s by the time it happens. So I, I, don't, I just don't know. I feel like there will be an attempt, though. So with that... Does anybody got anything else they'd like to bring up? I know we're a little past 9.30 here. Dave, did you have anything else you wanted to bring up tonight? Uh, I think I'm good. All right. Eric, did you have anything else to bring up the wire? Did you have anything else to bring up? The what? Did you just sneak in the wire there? I think I, I don't know what you're talking about there, Eric. I had to redeem it after. I had to redeem it a little bit. I had to redeem it a little bit after you, you joked last week. <laughs> I had to redeem it one time. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, seriously. I haven't watched that yet, though. I haven't watched that yet. I did watch Just League. Did watch uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, so interested to eventually hear you guys' thoughts on those. But uh, other than that, it was just that I don't know if we'd brought it up, but just that the ESPN getting back involved with the NHL. I think it's just going to get the NHL more exposure again. But just throw that little anecdote in there. Um, yeah, other than that, that, that's all I got for you this week, guys. Well, here's the here's my question, and let's make this quick because we do want to wrap up. But all right, ESPN signing the deal with the NHL is going to give it more exposure. I feel like I don't want to say ESPN is a tarnished brand now, but ESPN is definitely not at the heights they were at ten or twenty years ago. Yes, it will give them more exposure, but is it the same level of exposure that this type of deal would have had? 20 years ago, before the strike happened in the NHL. Well, no, but again, that's not the point of it either. It's that it needs to still build back up. It's still not even uh, hockey's still not at the height of where it used to be either. Mm. So, and I mean, they need to still build back too. Right now, they've only had a deal really with the NHL outside of like people's local affiliates. So, or NBC, what? I mean. So, yeah, NBC. They, you know, they, they now, now they're being shown on two different networks just brings more exposure overall because before it was just only NBC. So if you weren't watching the NBC brand and networks, you weren't getting it at all. Now, whether you're watching ABC or NBC, you're going to get some kind of hockey involved. I just think it's better for sports in general to be shared all around. 
So, and then this way, listen, at least we get a few more highlights in Sports Center. We'll get maybe a little more Barry Melrose. And, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe that leads to a little more Larry Melrose for us, too. Because, you know, I'm, I'm always interested in the hockey. And uh, the Rangers seem to be playing pretty well, too. Um, lately, I think they're 14 and 13, 14, 13, and. Hey, 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 I'm, I'm looking. Maybe I'm, something like that. Uh, they're, a long thing. they're right around that 500 number, though. Um, but they're doing playing pretty well um, as of late. And, uh, yeah, so Zabinajad's been playing a lot better, too. There, there were a lot of questions about him and the money they spent on him. And he really wasn't living up to it. Well, the last couple of games, I mean, he had a six-point game the other day. He, he's really been playing well. So I'm just excited for hockey. I'm just excited for this time of year. It's a fun time of year. So that's all. But uh, mm. not to keep chewing your guys' ear off, but yeah, I'm gonna get back into the wife, um, <coughs> who was again gracious enough to to let me be out and do this with you with you fellas on, on a Tuesday, even though it happens to be our anniversary. So she's loving, and I love her, and she's wonderful. So yeah, as, as you just said, Eric, you get back in that. You go right ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Stay thank sweaty, you. Guys. Stay sweaty, sir. Eric Tressler, thank you for joining us tonight. Dave Hastings, do you have any last words? Eric, you get back in there, my friend. Absolutely. <laughs> 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 All right. That'll do it for us. I am Mike Agliolaro. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor. Bullhorn, we thank you for joining us, cousin David, in the chat, joining us uh, for a little while. I always appreciated you uh, joining us there. And once again, thank you everybody for listening. I am Mike Eglia Laurel. We will see y'all next week. <laughs>